Welcome to Spotlight Conversations with voice talent and DJ Donna Reed. Donna talks music and media from her sunny linoleum-free studio. Come on in. All right. Thank you very much, Joe. This is Spotlight Conversations, a podcast about music, media, and more. And today we have a very special guest. He's known as The Rock Professor, a radio veteran, Lone Star 92.5 in Dallas. Also, he worked at WRDU 106 in Raleigh. And currently, he's reaching a global audience on the internet radio station, Radio Free Raleigh. And he hosts a program on Thursday nights called Throwback Thursday. Welcome, Ted McKay. Hello, Donna. How are you? You're in Dallas right now, I know. But through the magic of the internet, you're on the radio in Raleigh, too. How, how, did, how did that happen? Well, I used to work at WRDU, of course, back in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And I knew Mark Arson. Mark and I have been friends for 20 plus, I can't even count the years, 20 plus years is all I can say. I hadn't added <laughs> it up yet. And uh, he was saying, you know, hey, man, I got this thing going on. It's Throwback Thursday. And, you know, he had been doing it. And he's got, you know, Mark's pretty busy guy, you know. So he was mm-hmm. like, hey, you're not, you're, you're not doing anything right now. How would you like to do that? And I was like, I don't know if I really want to do that. And he's like, okay, well, just think about it a little bit, you know. And then he came back to me, you know, a couple, two or three more times. And I'm like, you know what, I'll just do it for fun. And I got into it. And, you know, actually, I'm doing the same thing that I was doing in Dallas, you know, playing uh, songs like U2, Tom Petty, uh, you know, the Who, Led Zeppelin, of course, Mm -hmm. and basically giving a background about the songs. You know, I mean, you can't sit there and talk for 10 minutes about one song. It's kind of cool to talk about, hey, you know, this song was recorded at 3 o'clock in the morning at at Headley Grange and Stairway to Heaven was inspired by the stairway at that place. And and people, I talked to a guy uh, Tuesday, as a matter of fact, and he was saying, I wonder what happened to you. My wife and I would sit back and listen in the evening time before we went to bed, and, you know, and we wonder what happened to you. So it was like, well, it's one of those corporate downsizing things, you know. And actually, I have no bad things to say about uh, the uh, iHeartRadio in Dallas. I mean, I had a great time, worked with some really, really good people. And, uh, you know, and the people here in Dallas-Fort Worth were really, really nice to me. And still are. I'm actually overwhelmed at how the reaction was. People were just really mad when they found out I was gone. And they found my birthday was August the 8th. And they were like, okay, happy birthday. Over 300 people on Facebook gave me a happy birthday. So I was like, I didn't know what to say. And I still don't know what to say. It's kind of bigger than I thought it was. Well, just before I forget, Throwback Thursday is on Thursday nights on RadioFreeRaleigh.com at 6 Eastern Time. And they also run it at 10 Eastern Time. So all your fans can go there and hear your great show. I enjoy listening to it because we're there together at the same station. But I just wanted to say that. (laughs) I know how good you are with rock trivia. And speaking of trivia, how did Rock Professor... The Rock Professor. How did that come about? In Dallas, or was it in Raleigh, or in Dallas? Um, it's kind of it's weird how that happened. One of the uh, ladies in traffic, uh, you know, the people that run the commercials, schedule the commercials. Right. Uh, she came in, and I was having a hard time trying to trying to change. You know, they had uh, these things they would put at the bottom of the email. You know, reaching so many million people every week, and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And they told us to change it. And she walked in and I said, I don't know how to do that. And she's like, oh, it's real easy. So she said, okay, uh, what do you want to put? 
popped in my mind. I said, The Rock Professor. And she she just like, Hey, I like that. That's really oh, good. Oh, I love so, that. Then she typed it in and you know, and I just left it there and it kind of stuck, you know, and people were like, Why would you call yourself the rock professor? I said, I'm trying to educate you on what happens. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to be, you know, like I'm standing on some, you know, big mountain or something telling everybody, listen to me, I know the answer. But I'm trying to uh, maybe tell you a few things about your favorite group or song that maybe you didn't know. Now, where do you go to get this? I know sometimes, well, I know you know a lot of the artists themselves, so you ask them straight up. I do a lot of reading and I write down everything I say. Mm Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah. I mean, I've got a notebook that's got uh, Throwback Thursday, Radio Free Riley on it, and it's almost three-quarters of the way full because, I mean, you know, you can't sit there and we have a time limit, like a minute and a half to do our breaks and stuff. You know, you can't just right. sit there and talk, 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 talk. Uh, but I write it down. Probably about 75% of it is from memory just because you played uh, Tom Petty's song, You Wrecked Me, or Led Zeppelin's, which Immigrant Song is my favorite Led Zeppelin song. So I always said, here's two minutes and 23 seconds of dynamite. Get ready, you know. So those things you remember, but you still write them down. And you go back to some uh, web pages like Song Facts. And I'm not ashamed to say sometimes I get Wikipedia just so I can go get it and make sure mm-hmm. that I've got the right album. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, so many albums running around in your mm-hmm. head, it's real easy to get them all crossed up. And one thing about the fans here in Dallas, they love classic rock. And if I would make a mistake and I would, you know, think, oh, I said the wrong thing, the phones would light up. Hey, you got that wrong. Stairway to Heaven didn't come out in 1974. It came out, and, you know, it's like, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, you're right. And I will always admit, I will admit if I'm wrong. I say, hey, I'm not a computer. I don't remember everything, and I don't know everything. What was the biggest fact you found out that you were just blown away by? You were like, Oh, I didn't know that. The Beatles are always number one. I mean, when they came, they changed everything. You know, I mean, they changed everything with all music everywhere. And the thing that got me uh, was the Beatles supposedly, now there's different numbers you can find anywhere, supposedly have sold, at least as far as I can find, 600 million uh, records. Led Zeppelin was number two at about 450 million. But what you got to look at is, you know, a lot of times back in the late 60s, early 70s, you had guys who were selling records out of the back of the cars. They weren't counted. But, you know, you think, okay, well, you know, if you sold a 45 for a dollar back in 1960, 68, 69, uh, you know, up to the mid-70s, then that's a lot of money and a lot of records that didn't get counted. So, you know, and the thing about it, the guys were really, really good. They could walk into a studio and Plant would have a, uh, uh, some lyrics. I mean, it's like an uh, uh, immigrant song. They came back from Iceland, and they said, hey, let's write a song about Iceland. So, you know, mm-hmm. talking about the land of ice and snow mm-hmm. and the hammer of the gods would drive us to new lands. And so they came up with that. And they were really, really good musicians. You know, I mean, you know, uh, John Paul Jones, who I love to death, does not get near enough credit. He arranged like uh, the strings and stuff like uh, mm-hmm. on physical graffiti and other stuff. And he's a great bass player, too. And he can play a Hamlet organ very, very well. And Bonham? <laughs> <laughs> Bonham was a monster back there on the drum kit. And, and uh, Keith Richards said, uh, you know, we would have liked him, but he plays too loud. And so uh, Jimmy Page said, that's why we love him, because he plays real loud. How about, um, I know you can't tell me every backstage story, or maybe you can, but... What backstage event 
was is the most memorable. I would guess it'd probably be in Dallas because you were in Dallas radio for the longest time. Uh, 20 years in Dallas. Uh, one was meeting Eddie Money. And, you know, of course, nobody knew he was sick. And when I met him and I, I, I walked up to him, I said, Eddie Mahoney. And he looked at me like, you know my name? Oh, really? I said, yeah, I know your name, man. He, we were doing a, a big concert. And uh, we started talking. And he put his hand on my shoulder and shook my, shook my hand and said, man, thank you for remembering me. I said, no, you won't be forgotten. And then, you know, of course, about a year or two later, we found out he you know, had cancer and he died. Yes, yes. And uh, another one was meeting Bonham's son, Jason. A nice guy, you know, just and very talented, of course. And I told him about get the lead out what I did back here in Dallas. He looked and he was like, wow. I said, man, I'm going to tell you, I, you know, your dad will never die as far as, you know, his legend. I said, but I want to make sure I keep it alive. I said, and then there's pictures I put on my Facebook page with him showing Jason how to play. He's playing bongos and Jason's on the drums. And the artists are not, you know, these people who float around, you know, have wings on their feet. You know, they put their pants on one leg at a time and they like to hear that actual fans and not some, you know, crazy person. An actual fan is sitting there like, I love your work. And I found out I got a lot farther by telling people I love their work than come up, oh, I love what you're doing. You're so great. You know, they look like, oh, another nut, you know. <laughs> I've known you a long time, and you haven't changed one bit. <laughs> I love it. All right. Now, I see that you're also involved in a lot of charities, too, in Dallas. I'm on your Facebook page, and um, you like dogs. And I like that. Tell me about it. I'm a big dog fan. Uh, I had uh, a uh, dog of mine. I had 14 years. Because when she, I miss her every day. I mean, when she died, it was just like somebody reached in and pulled out a kidney. They do. And, uh, and you know, so uh, there's a lot of animals. You know, we tell people, you don't have to go to the dog breeders because I don't know so much about those people. They're trying to make a buck off an animal. But go to a uh, animal shelter. Go and there's lots of great dogs that all they need is a forever home. And they would love to be your your pet, and they would make you know really good companions and guard dogs or whatever you want to do. But you got to treat them right. None of this stuff like tying them out in the yard. You know, it's 109 degrees, or it's you know 30 degrees outside, and you got them tied in the yard under a tree. You know, with a hubcap for a water bowl or stuff yeah, like terrible. that. If you do that, no, no, not now, at all. Did you get involved in charities when you worked at Lone Star, or how did? Did they go to you and say, hey, we've got some promotions I think you'd be great to be a part of? Some of that happened, but most of the time people would come up and tell me, hey, I really like your show. I like how you do the backstories. And uh, uh, how would you like to get involved in this? I have a buddy of mine, Mark Verma. He's uh, into uh, uh, Paws in the City, which is one of those organizations that wants people to adopt dogs. Mm-hmm. He came up to me and asked me about it, and I said, sure, man, sure. And I would always try to put a picture up every Friday of different animals, and this is Joe, this is Lucy, you know, little animals they need a forever home. You can find out at uh, pawsinthecity.org. They would come to me and ask me that. When you were working nights in Dallas, you know, it's a traditional radio setting. Now it's a lot of folks are going to Internet. How do you feel about that? What do you see the future for Internet radio? Tell you the truth, I think that is the future. It's like, you know, uh, starting out with 45s, then going to cassettes, and then going to CDs, and then going to uh, 
you know, hard drives and stuff like that, being able to stream. Uh, radio is changing. Uh, the companies are changing. They're disappearing. There used to be dozens and dozens of radio companies, and now there's only a handful, and they pretty much run everything. But if you want the freedom, Internet radio is actually the future because, let's face it, the Internet radio goes all around the world. It does, and there's something about Internet radio, like what we're doing right now, be very hard to pull off on a commercial radio station. Maybe you could, depending on where you were. But the intimacy, the communication in Internet radio right now is, is, is a lot. I mean, I think there's some great stories out there, and a lot of people just want to chat like you and I are doing. That's the great thing about it. Uh, right now, everything is like, uh, don't talk too long. Shut up. Be quiet. You know, and it's mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, while you're talking, we could be playing a commercial. And I understand it is a commercial. It is, a, you know, a business. Mm -hmm. And you want, you know, everybody wants to make as much money as they can in the business. But a lot of the one-on-one -on -one with the listener, you know, where they could call you up and say, hey, man, would you play uh, this song by Creedence, you know, uh, Proud Mary, and it's like, yeah, I'll play that for you, you know, and then they can actually talk to you. That's gone because so many listeners would say, I would call, they call up at other stations, you know, all around the country, and the phone would just ring and ring and ring, and nobody would answer. You know what answer, yeah. Um, for your show, Throwback Thursday, how do, how do you like it? I mean, how do you like the idea of doing internet radio compared to the other? I love it. Mark Arson is the guy who put all that together. And basically, Radio Free Raleigh is your radio alternative is what, you know, that that's the uh, slogan. Mm -hmm. But Mark throws in YouTube, uh, The Who. Uh, let's say I played Led Zeppelin quite a few times, Tom Petty, uh, just stories about that. And he told me, he said, I'm going to give you a little bit more classic rock on your show. And he chooses it. And plus, I got to tell you, I'm not, you know, kissing Mark's ass, but <laughs> Mark is really good at music and he's really he passionate is. about it. I mean, if you're wrong, I had a, something wrong about a song. And he actually wrote me an email and said, no, you were wrong about that. And so we talked and I said, I didn't know. He told me something I didn't know. So I went back the next week and did the show and I said, uh, corrected it. And what the song was really about is something about, uh, a hunger strike and Temple of the Dog and what it meant. And he told me basically the story. And it was like, wow, I didn't know that. And when you're that way, you want to learn, always want to learn. You always want to better yourself. Learn something new every day is what my parents always told me. That way, when you learn that, you want to pass it on to folks. And, you know, hopefully it's pretty cool, you know. So this is why you're such a beloved DJ. Uh, we, we laugh and have a good time. Uh, we don't talk that often because he's, you know, he's a really busy guy. Working right. at the uh, car dealership, he works at uh, Leap and uh, and Raleigh. Really, really into the local music scene. Uh, you know, he was a young guy. WRDU was like the flamethrower. I mean, you know, everybody was doing that thing, and it was really something that you know he really liked. So he's trying to recreate that feel. We're trying to show you what a good radio station used to sound like. Ted McKay, thank you for keeping things strong in Dallas, for coming back and working together in Raleigh, and uh, all around the world, people are going to start hearing you. So That's for sure. And, you know, I used to get phone calls from people from Hawaii, New Zealand, Australia, and people, and it was just amazing to me that people were listening, hey, I'm listening to you on the radio, and, you know, I'm in London right now, or I'm in Australia, and we're so far ahead, we have so many hours ahead, and it was really really kind of awesome and it's been more awesome uh i had a guy from london call me one day he said i just want to see how you are 
And that was just amazing to me that, you know, radio goes out there and it, it does touch people. Ted McKay, mm-hmm. thank you very much. Thank you for talking to me. It's good to talk to you. I hadn't uh, really talked to you directly in a long, long time. But I've been, of course, listening to your uh, laid-back show on Monday night. And I always loved your voice. Your voice is just one of those voices that's it's very soothing and very laid-back. But you get the message across. And, and the way you do it, you don't have to do any yelling. You can just sit there and talk in your normal tone. And it's like, wow, I didn't know that. That's, that's really cool. Well, thank you very much. I do have two children, so I know yelling. I have to say. <laughs> You've been listening to Spotlight Conversations with Donna Reed. Subscribe on Apple and Spotify podcasts or your favorite platform. Thanks for tuning in.